0: Welcome to the forensic cop podcast. Southampton one, Liverpool nil. So we've waited a couple of days to talk about this game, but I think we just have to get it over and done with. What are your thoughts?
1: I mean, it happened. <laughs> I can, I can honestly
0: say that without getting
1: too upset. Um, I don't know. It's just, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it feels like this has kind of been building. You know, the the team hasn't been playing well. Um, And even though we've been getting decent chances, we're not converting them. And I think to me, the statistic that sums up this game is that we had 17 shots on net and one shot on target, which I think came in the 75th minute. And it was one that I believe if I, if I recall correctly, it was Mani kind of flubbed it. He didn't get the power that he wanted into it. But I mean, you're just not winning games with one shot on target. And You know, even though I felt like we played well in some parts, um, this did not feel like a game that, you know, walking away with a win would have been a bit lucky.
0: Yeah. Um, This is a game that I've seen in so many Liverpool teams of the past, but I have not seen it from this group of players. Even last year where we took our foot off the pedal and one games, one nil, two one, things like that, close games by scoreline, but not by the way we played. There was a sense of authority in the way we played. So even when we were trying to break teams down slowly, you you could you could tell what they were trying to do. Even even this season against Chelsea and against Arsenal, they played that way, and even the first half against West Brom. But honestly, at no time did I think that we were going to score a goal. You know, just watching the team, seeing how labored everybody was. I think I think this team has just hit a brick wall collectively. And um, I just hope that the rest of the teams around them continue to be inconsistent so that we can somehow still find our, ourselves at the top of the pile towards the end of the season.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think our only hope right now is other teams stumbling, to be quite honest, because we're not covering ourselves in glory. Um, you know, and it does look quite frankly, like lots of other teams are stumbling and, you know, we're not the only ones who are having these problems. Um, but again, you know, it's, it's concerning. Um, I mean, in a way I see where Klopp says he's happy about the fact that we're still generating chances, which we are, we're not even getting chances on net, let alone um, scoring them. And, again it, it feels like a regression back to those nervy days you know we earlier in Klopp's tenure it felt like no lead was safe and and we could lose any game and I'm worried I'm starting to get back to that um especially I mean the the start is just inexcusable like like these are professional athletes you know you need to be ready from the beginning um uh it was clear that they were that Southampton was working harder than we were at the beginning and they wanted it more. And I mean, they got it, you know, right off the bat. So, um, you know, good to them for, for trying and not good to us for not working hard enough, uh, from the first whistle.
0: Yeah. And, and I never thought I'd say this, but it just seems as if there's a genuine lack of motivation within the team It's as if, winning the title for the second year in a row is not enough to motivate them to play to a certain level each game. Now, I should I should also caveat that with the reality that we are living in very strange times, and it's 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 a period that's affecting everybody, not just us as fans, but even the players. They also have to go home to probably more of a lockdown than the average fan does because they have to ensure that they stay within their bubble. Right, which is probably their families, loved ones, or if any of them are single, maybe their pets. I don't know. Um, yeah, so they don't have the outlets that they would normally have. When while we actually still have the outlet of watching a soccer game, they don't have the normal outlets that they would have had in the past. So, and it's not just Liverpool that that is having an inconsistent season, right? So the fact that we're still top of the pile. And we are inconsistent as everybody else is. We're just not used to seeing this from this group of players. So so I think we do have to cut them a little bit of slack, but it doesn't make it easier to watch.
1: Yeah, I mean, it is it is extremely frustrating. Um, you know, I I mean, I guess we could talk about signaling guys out. You know, Alexander Arnold was just not good. You know, he was at fault on the first goal. Um he offered very little down the wing, um, you know. It was it was disappointing. Uh, I I don't know if he's just in a regular funk or he's not motivated. But yeah, it does feel like to some degree, you know, there the fire isn't in them. That's what it feels like. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to be a jerk and and you know say, uh, you know, that they don't want it. But it definitely looks like that sense of urgency that they were playing with last year is gone.
0: Yeah. And of all the teams, I think we've really suffered from playing in empty stadiums, right? Um, We have always fed off our crowd, home or away. And to suddenly not have that there and to to not be able to celebrate what was an amazing season last, last season must be a little bit of a downer on them and I mean I I know that myself I also go through moments now where I'm thinking what's the point of all you know like just coming home doing the same thing every single day because everything else is not available to you you, you know you do get into a kind of funk and um I just we ju- I think we just assumed that these players were superhuman and they were are able to rise above it because we've just, we've seen them do that over the past two seasons but realistically. I think we should just be happy that we're top of the pile in spite of all of the VAR injuries and you name it, COVID, just everything else. We're still top of the pile. And I just hope that we're still in the mix towards the end of the season. That's the only thing that I'm hoping for at the moment.
1: Yeah. I mean, sadly, it feels like, um, you know, we used to be, um, talking about getting to you know um not just you know being in the mix but we we I, I feel like less than a month ago we were talking about how if we string together three more wins the season is ours like the league will all shut down because they know they're not going to beat us and now I mean I'm I'm kind of with you I'm like we're in the mix and I'm just very hopeful that by the end of the year, you know, we'll actually be able to get to, um, you know, being at least top four, because at this point, the way the league is looking, if we don't improve, um, I don't really know that we're necessarily going to be able to even, um, you know, make top four. It's it's very tight. And, you know, Man U has a game in hand, which I don't think they're a great team, but we're not really playing like a great team either.
0: Yeah. And, and that was always my concern at the start of the season that, we are good enough to win this league hands down if everybody is fit or even if most of our players are fit but it was always going to be such a strange odd season that it it was it it was it was going to be the signs were there that strange results could come out of out of nowhere and i i I didn't want to be found in a a situation where, where we're fighting for top four because I would not count on us getting it because uh, it's one thing when we were fighting for top four, three, four, five five seasons ago where we were on the up. But to be to find ourselves in that position due to all of the circumstances, it's going to be extremely hard for them to motivate themselves at that point. Right now is a time where they have to pull themselves out of this. And if they don't. Yeah, I, I honestly don't think that we'll get top four either, because. Yeah. Um, a lot of the players have a lot of things to think about. You know, half of the team um, decisions have to be made around whether they stay in Liverpool, whether they move elsewhere in the next two years, whether they are even given renewed contracts or sign new contracts. Um, so, the last thing we need is for us to be in a top four fight. We need to be aiming to retain this title for two years in a row, and then we can ask all those questions. Well, let's get to the game. Um, so, I
1: mean, the game, you know, again, we had a lot of possession. Um, it was, so I, I come back to the same frustration I had the week before, which was the foul disparity is a little bit shocking. Um, you know, given how much we were pressing, given how hard we were working, uh, we had 12 fouls against us and only five for us. Um, you know, we can we can talk about, you know, that, that first penalty that Salah went down. Uh, or rather first non-penalty that Salah went down. I mean, okay, it happens. Uh, the second one that hit the guy's hand, um, whether it was an unnatural position or not, it was away from the body and it blocked the shot on net, which last I checked was literally the definition of, of our penalty shot. And then when Mane was taken out, it wasn't the front leg that was taken out. He was taken; His back leg was taken out. And I just, again, it's not even that any of the three of them are so egregious. It just feels like we're not getting any calls this year because you think at least one of the three, the guy might have blown it for. Um, I mean, all. oh, and the one that I just, I'm, I'm even beside myself was the one will, where Milner got taken down when he tried to put a cross in. I mean, that's a yellow or a red. That's not a no call. And I'm just I'm I'm beside myself on what I'm watching in terms of of refereeing and calls, um, and when we're frustrated because we can't get a goal, I think those lack of calls is starting to get to the team.
0: Yeah. Um, so speaking about getting to the team, I just want to run through them quickly. Um, we've already talked about Trent. You said that he wasn't good. My question was to, um, going to go back to you and ask. Is he good? Do you think that we've over over exaggerated how good of a right back he really he is, and this is actually closer to the player that that he is, and he's not quite the. You, do do you know where I'm going with that? Yeah, or, no. Oh, um, a...
1: So what I would say is. I don't think we've over-exaggerated the player he is. I think he's reached that point in his career. So you you often see it. Once a guy gets scouted properly, um, he either floats or sinks. And right now we're at the point where we're going to figure out if he floats or sinks because they figured out his game. He, he bombs down the wing and then he puts it in the middle. Um, they're taking the wing away from him. You know They're opening up the middle more for us this year. Uh, opponents, you can see it. And they're doing their best to prevent Robertson and um, Alexander-Arnold from um, doing their standard normal thing, um, which is where a guy like Thiago comes in. If there's more room in the middle, theoretically Thiago and Firmino should be able to generate more and better chances, which we haven't had Thiago, um, and Firmino just isn't on his game. But I do believe that this is a bit of a watershed moment for Alexander Arnold. I think he's, he's very good, but I just don't know if they take the, if they take that direct line down the wing away from him and they play wider, he needs to figure out what his next move is. And it may be cutting in. So it may be a bit more of what Neko Williams does.
0: And I definitely want to see him cutting in more because whenever he does, he's very good at it. Almost to the point where I wouldn't even mind seeing him on the left wing. Um, and to enable him to cut in on his right foot. Uh, but I, I do agree, something has to be attempted with um, Alexander-Arnold this season and not just try to play him into form. Perhaps this is a moment where we explore pushing him into the midfield.
1: Well, it feels like this season is a bit of a run-it-back season. Um, because we won last year, and we were so dominant the year before, even though we've missed by uh, a point, but we did win Champions League. It feels like it was almost owed to the team to run it back the way they are, as opposed to maybe growing or evolving or bringing in new blood. Um, Jota was brought in, new blood, okay. Uh, Tiago was brought in, but that was kind of uh, you know um, an end of his contract. Guys getting older, want something new, like made sense. It, it didn't feel like a full team refresh. And I don't know if it's maybe it just feels a little old. Maybe Alexander Arnold needs a new challenge to your point, moving him into the uh, midfield or at the very least, like I have seen Neko Williams when, when they cut off the wing for him, cause he doesn't, he doesn't get that cross off as quickly as Alexander Arnold. He cuts in and it causes all sorts of havoc. And to your point, I think Alexander can do it. I just think he's been leashed a bit by, by Klopp. So I'd like to see him try something else before he gets moved up. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, Robertson, I mean, I think he's just tired.
0: You can you can tell that he's mentally tired. He still has the legs, but his crossing was terrible. And he, he's just that much, that extra bit slower to make a decision. Um, and rightly so. I mean, he's played pretty, is it every minute of every game or he's played <laughs> the most in our team and he he needs a break. Um, so hopefully he's not played against Aston Villa in the FA cup and that'll give him a proper two week or one and a half week break.
1: Um, I mean, yeah, in, in a way, um, I hope so too. So Robertson is tied for most minutes in, uh, he's played every single premier league minute. Okay. Um, so, and, and he's the only Liverpool player to have done that. So, uh, Yes, but he also had a break. So he had we we had the eight day break, and that didn't help them. Um, I don't know what it needs. Like you could also tell the frustration, right? Him, Mane, uh, they're frustrated on those non calls, and um, I mean, not to not to knock them down, but it feels like that mental giant thing needs to go the other way. You know, when when we were destroying everyone and fell behind, and we were mental giants, that's great. But now we have to say, you know what, things aren't clicking. Now we have to be mental giants. And even if the ref's not making the calls, we still take it.
0: Yeah. And you could see that from Milner as soon as he came on. You could tell that he knows that this team needs a kick up the you know where. Right. And you you could see, like, I've never seen him that animated or energetic coming on onto a game. So I'm hoping that himself, Henderson and the other senior players can just do whatever they need to say, whatever they, that they need to, to, to lift everybody up because in a way it's probably the, the best thing that could have happened to us to play Manchester United next, because if they can't get themselves up for that game, then yeah. So
1: um, speaking of Henderson, Henderson and Fabinho at the back thoughts.
0: So going into the game, I thought that that was a good decision, um, especially with our midfielders coming back into form. Um, so I, I appreciate Williams, I, I like Nat Phillips, but realistically, we want all of our best players on the field, and I'm okay having Henderson and Fab at the back, if it means Thiago, Winaldo and one other in the midfield. Having said that, they scored in the first minute, and it was Henderson that allowed himself to get pushed by, I think, Armstrong, in order to, to play Ings onside. I'm not sure if Ings would have been onside anyway, but... Ings would have been offside. He would have been offside, Absolutely. Right? So- yeah so i mean i I don't understand that which
1: which again it comes back to like i'm i'm still not understanding (laughs) what the rules of the game are like if you push a guy away from the play to make someone on side it's no longer a passive play it's it's actively involved in the play like i don't know like i saw it and i'm like sorry i thought it was genius honestly Oh, it's genius to do it, but I thought that's why VAR was invented, right? Like like if you literally take a guy, bear hug him and drag him into the box, you're not part of the play, but it plays someone else on side. You would think VAR, like it's, it, eventually you're going to get there, right? Like the pulling, the pushing, it's brilliant. Push a guy right before and they're going to let it go. So again, I, I come back to like VAR is supposed to step in on those type of plays that might not be readily obvious right off the bat. And if I'm the VAR guy and I see it and I'm like, Hey, guess what? He's on side, but he got pushed. Take a look at it. That would have been my thing. But there, they, I don't know. I don't know if VAR has been told, don't make any more calls. We don't want to delay the game anymore because I mean, VAR had no, no place in the game. I mean, I don't think there was any VAR decisions that came down. Right.
0: No, no. And And I can't
1: remember a game that we didn't have one. Agreed. So I, I wonder if all the complaining about VAR has basically just made VAR go silent, and we're back to the refs going to make mistakes and take what you get.
0: Yeah, and and um, it is what it is. I mean, I'm 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 okay with 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 their goal. Um, in hindsight, if Williams or Phillips had played, then it would have meant Henderson would be in midfield, and it would have meant Ox probably wouldn't have played, which. Would have ended up being in our benefit because even when he's at his best, I don't really rate him as a starter in this Liverpool team, and I'm not sure what Klopp's thinking was to have him start his first game in this in this game against a Southampton team at home that is competing for a top four finish. So, well,
1: I gotta be honest. I was. I mean, you know, I know you you're saying Ox isn't you know a a, a starter in this team, and and I don't disagree. But I definitely expected more from the guy. Like he got no shots off. He was like half the time I forgot he was even on.
0: The problem was he was. It was Ill, it was a little bit unfair um, on him to to put him in a midfield with Genie and Tiago. That was a little bit rusty, and they also got a yellow card in the first two minutes. So he had to kind of play within himself. Um, he should have had Ox play against West Brom or even Newcastle, but not Southampton. Uh,
1: I mean, not, I'm not disagreeing with you. The only, the only thing I'll say is, and I, and this is what I'm starting to feel. I'm feeling like there are more and more decisions that Klopp's made that I'm having a hard time understanding. Um, And I don't want to call them wrong because he's earned the right to not be told he's wrong, but I, I absolutely agree with you. Like, I don't know, I don't know what you thought Ox was bringing to this game, you know, and, and uh, uh, again, I mean, you know, I I look at a guy like Shaq, you know, Shaq adds dimension, adds something new. Ox, not really, you know, and it's not like he was defending that well. It's not like he was the guy that was keeping us from falling apart at the back. So it's not even like you put him on for his defense, which is the big thing that Shaq can't do. So I just, yeah. I, I just, I don't know.
0: And he wasn't carrying the ball who the person we really missed today was Keita.
1: Well, I mean, we miss Keita every game because he doesn't that, play anymore.
0: Yeah. That, that's another story. Um, I thought Genie was the frustrating Genie, not taking any risks. He was busy. He was huffing and puffing all over the place, but he, he just, he, he kills our momentum because he will not take a chance so he'll hold the ball and then do a little turn and then kick it back and it's so frustrating to watch
1: and and in all honesty there's a place for that and the place is when you're up a goal or two exactly when you're trying to frustrate the other team but when you're chasing a game especially when you're in the last 15 20 minutes you know what losing two nothing or three nothing wouldn't have made a difference in the points right right like you know is, it, is, is goal differential going to be a thing at the end of the season? Maybe, but don't play for it when you're not even halfway through. So there were a couple times where, to your point, I noticed, and I was like, geez, man, just play the ball, but he just wouldn't. He always stopped it, turned around, brought it back, and it it killed a chance that was developing. I mean, the other the other one that I will say is it was at least nice to have Thiago play a full game. He seemed okay although you, to your point he was carrying the yellow for most of the game
0: yeah he had a, a few wayward passes but I'm okay with that um, because nine times out of ten his passes will hit the target so I'm okay with him having an, an off game and we have to give Southampton the credit they pressed extremely well they, they, they did shown other teams how to counter Tiago
1: and and frankly I thought um, I you know I thought salah wasn't particularly standout but I thought Mane played quite well. Um, I think he was a bit unlucky to not get literally any calls, which, um, and and this is the thing, right? So I'm I'm a Liverpool fan. So of course I see a foul every time it comes down the field, but my dad, who's a Man U fan and obviously doesn't see any fouls against Liverpool ever, was like, wow, I don't really know what happened there. He got fouled like 10 times. So if my dad is telling me that he got fouled often, I'm like okay at least I'm not just making it up. It it felt like it was a very physical defense. The the what was he? Walker Peters was very fit like very physical and on him um the one where he just straight grabbed him in the box and and you know um, should have been a penalty shot. I mean, I don't really know what to say to that. That's, I mean, two arms around a guy I think should be a penalty, but it is what it is. Um, I think money was a bit unlucky and I think he he did get frustrated by the end. You could see it. I, I wouldn't have been surprised to see him come out with a yellow or maybe even a red.
0: Oh, he didn't get a yellow?
1: He didn't get a yellow. I thought he got a yellow too. And I actually checked three different websites and none of them say he got a yellow. The only two who got a yellow were Thiago and Robertson and Shaqiri. Okay. Who good for Shakiri. He got, I mean, I couldn't tell if he was just acting really well or he genuinely believed it wasn't a yellow. Um, But he, he, he did seem to try to make a, a case to the ref that he was truly playing the ball. But I mean, he, he got a great shot on the guy's leg to stop a break. So like, yeah, So, I mean, great foul. I'm just, I'm surprised because he genuinely seems surprised by it, right? Like where you see Fabinho get a yellow on that play. He doesn't even look at the ref. He just walks away, right? But Shaq actually like tried to make a case for it, which is kind of funny. But I like Shaq coming on. I thought, you know, I, I think, you know, we maybe need to start thinking of Shaq as a potential replacement for Sal on a more regular basis. He offers something different um and there are times we need to change it up and this felt like a game like we needed to change up the front three i'll be honest
0: yeah i mean i i I think that um that game went a lot deeper than the front three there were a lot of holes all over the field even allison had a i don't know what he was thinking um when he came came out running on the one hand I, i guess he slowed he slowed down the shot but on the other hand um, I think he's also losing it.
1: No, uh, I, I, on, on. You mean on the goal?
0: Not the goal. Um, in the second half, he came rushing. Oh, uh, one of the players, and then it, the, the ball probably would have stopped just before it went in because it was ex- he was kicked extremely slow. However, the fact that he just came rushing out like that was a little bit bizarre. No,
1: it was it was bizarre, especially because I could see like a good fifteen feet out that he wasn't going to get it. Exactly. Right, like, and it's one of those where I, I, I just I don't know what you were trying to do. Like, once you know he's going to beat you, you need to withdraw. Um, but I mean, again, maybe he knows better than we do. Maybe, maybe the stats monkeys have have run this scenario and have told him if you ever know you're going to get beat, you still keep running because yeah, statistically yeah, it's exactly. better for you. So maybe that's why. Um, but it does feel like he's lost a bit of an edge. I mean, all of them look like they lost a bit of an edge. But that being said, Firmino had, I mean, an open header that Manny should have put in. And and there were just, again, we had 17 shots on net. One seven, 17 shots on net, 10 corners to one. Um, what I mean,
0: frustrated me with the last corner was oh. he only used two subs, right? So the once the ref gave the corner, he couldn't just blow his whistle and call the game. We should have just brought on Origi or whoever, or, or Phillips or somebody. Just bring them, Phillips. On for that, yeah, for the last corner, and then just go for that. But, well, it
1: wasn't I, bad enough but, that we didn't bring them on.
0: Exactly. Then they choose to not even kick it in. I, like I, I just, I, I actually think that this team is a little bit too arrogant right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, like the the crazy part is we rarely try a play from a corner. And when you're past the injury time,
0: <laughs>
1: you don't do it. You put it in the box and hope you don't try any fancy, funny little play. And if you do, it's one pass and straight in the box. And Cause him. the second, se- the, 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 the second, that second player touches it, it's getting blown. I yeah. already knew it and I couldn't believe it. So to me, I, I think you're right. That last corner shows something i don't know whether it's mental fatigue whether it's arrogance i don't know what it is but to me that's a a microcosm that shows there is something wrong with the team and and absolutely there was something wrong with us against southampton yeah
0: not just southampton but
1: there's been something wrong with us the last three games because if you take a look we have you know a, a win, a loss, in two ties in the last three games, and I can't remember the last time that happened to Liverpool. Yeah. So, I mean, do you do you have a man of the match?
0: Um, Danny Ings.
1: <laughs> you know what? He didn't even play that well. I think he only got know, one he... shot on target.
0: Yeah. No, but in, in all seriousness, I, I I say Sadio Mane. He he played extremely well, except for the the, the two times he. I don't know if he was trying to shoot and he, he, he it, the ball went outside of the area or if he was trying to cross it. But other other than that, he he was the only one that played with some type of incision and desperation.
1: So I actually was going to say nobody. Um but I'm I, I you are right. Sadio Mani played a legitimate game. He worked hard. He he looked like the only guy on the field for us who wanted it. And yeah. he worked end to end. He he showed up in the first minute and he kept working until the last minute. So yeah, I'll give it to him. Um again, I think he was a bit unlucky in not getting any calls. If he had if the ref had established, you know, in the first 10 minutes that he was gonna call that kind of hold and that kind of push, then I think Mani would have had himself quite a game. But I think when the ref let it go early, I think it just set the stage for Walker Peters to be able to hold him. Um and I think that frustrated him. And and maybe Mani needs to learn kind of how to move past that or move around that, but at least he gave an honest effort and he tried hard. And, and so I'll buy him as the, the, you know, best, uh, the best player on the field for us. Uh, I mean, looking forward, we've got a bit of a break and then we're going into Man U. uh Does the break help or does it hurt? What do you think?
0: I think it helps. Well, I don't think it, it, I, th- I think it helps because it allows them to, I mean, I hope they're angry and it allows them to hold in that anger and have more time to to, to, to channel it for the Man U game. And um, because between now and then, the, the press, media, uh, everybody will be talking about how we've deteriorated and how Man U are now um, possibly the favorites to to beat us at Anfield. And I think that's a good thing. I, um, it's similar to the Leicester game, the Wolves game, when we're written off, that's when they find something from somewhere
1: so I I would have agreed but it was my understanding from what the players and Klopp had said that after the Newcastle game we were in that state that the dressing room was angry and I mean I didn't see that when the game started against Southampton so um, I don't know I guess I'm, I'm hoping for a better reaction but again after after two ties you would hope that they would come out a little bit more hungry, but they and they came out flat and lost the game so uh you know hopefully they can use this uh mini break um to to pull it back together at least mini break in the epl i know they have another uh, an fa cup game but uh the next epl game is is a good what almost two weeks away uh, from the last one so they'll have a nice little break there and hopefully they can uh, muster up some intensity and uh, get back on top by beating menu
0: for more stories analysis and articles go to the forensic website